I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is Your Peak Daily for Tuesday, April 26th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in about seven minutes. Well, Jay, we're going to talk about this for later on in the podcast, but a spoiler alert, Elon Musk is buying Twitter and taking it private. I thought we'd start the show off by just shouting out a few of our favorite Twitter accounts. Who knows if they'll still be here at when the takeover happens, but Jay, do you have a favorite Twitter account? Yes, and this one may not make the cut from Elon Musk. Apparently, he does not like this one, but I've recently discovered it's called at Elon Jet and it tracks Elon Musk's private jet. Based on publicly available data, it's a bot on Twitter and it actually just shows you where he's flying, or where the plane is flying. I'm obsessed with this and like have gone back months and months to see where he's flying. And apparently Elon Musk does not like this account. But but I think he tried to, like there's like a kid that runs it, like not a, like a young yeah. kid runs it and he tried to pay him off, but he didn't pay five him grand. enough. Offered five grand. Yeah, five grand. It's like, if you really don't like it, you know, you got to put a hundred G's on the table to get the kid to stop at least. And so anyways, it keeps on going. Maybe now that'll be the first victim of the Elon purge at Twitter. It's possible. What about you? What do you like on Twitter? So there's one I like called Freezing Cold Takes. Uh, this is a fun one. So, you know, if you follow sports, you know, everyone's got a take on sports and some of them are just atrociously bad. I'll give you actually a recent one. Shaq on uh, TNT said that the Raptors would get swept against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, look, it's not great. It's not, what's happening isn't great, but they definitely weren't swept. And so that's a freezing cold take. You can put that one and they just like, they retweet all of them once they're proven wrong. And it's just fun to watch how wrong some of these sports commentators can be. So I like that one. And then the more boring one that I like, Jay, and this is like for real nerds, uh, it's called Stamp Spot. It's just cool stamps from around the world. Does that one have any followers, Brett? As, I think it's got like tens of thousands. It's just, you know, you, it's interesting. You get to see all these different stamps and how countries portray themselves and special edition ones. And you just see it. It's just like a nice, it really just cheers me up. Well, I think freezing cold takes and stamp spot are probably going to make the cut with the new yeah. Twitter rules. But aside from that, Brett, what do we have for Peak Pal saying? We will get to Twitter in a bit. We will. For our first story, China locked down. For our second story, save the bees. And for our third story, Twitter sold. For our first story, turns out that when a country locks down its central financial and production hub for a full month, the market does not exactly react kindly. Who could have guessed? Brett, Shanghai's in lockdown and it's not looking pretty. What's going on in China right now? Yeah, it's looking bleak, Jay. So as China continues to keep much of Shanghai in lockdown as it combats a mass COVID outbreak, they they say that there's been over 400,000 infections detected since late March. Chinese stocks have fallen to their lowest levels in over two years, with two main stock indices falling 5% Monday per the Wall Street Journal. Now, the Shanghai Stock Exchange, they're actually the third largest stock market globally, and there's 121 Fortune 500 companies that call the city home, operating either regionally or having a country headquarters there. Last week, China issued a white list of companies allowed to resume operations as long as they do so under what's called a closed loop management system, which basically means workers live on the production site. Some notable companies adopting the slumber party business model include Tesla and Volkswagen, which is already doing classic sleepover activities for employees like movie nights. And Brett, I have to ask, do you think makeovers are next? <laughs> you know, we can kind of they can glam this up as much as they want, but I would not want to live where I work. That sounds awful. And so anyways, I, I hope those employees are all doing okay. Uh, but the bigger challenge is that the closed loop system, it can also only bring back so much productivity. Matthew Margulis of the US-China Business Council, they told CNBC that for some businesses, the requirements to achieve closed loop status may not be attainable at all. 
And that brings us to the bottom line. China is the world's second largest economy and is actually on track to outpace the U.S. as number one as early as 2030. But the IMF cut the country's growth forecast for a second time this year down to 4.4%. With foreign investors pulling out billions from the country and new lockdowns in Beijing, China could struggle to accomplish the ambitious goals of its most recent five-year plan. For our second story, beekeepers across Canada are buzzing with concerns over alarmingly high bee mortality rates owing to damages from the menacingly named Varora destructor mite. With some keepers in Manitoba and Ontario seeing losses of up to 90%, much higher than the typical mortality rates of 20 to 30%. Now, Jay, I remember a few years ago, there was all this talk about saving the bees. The bees were dying. Honey Nut Cheerios like changed the box to like save the bees. Like what's what's happening? Or is this even a big deal? Well, it is a big deal. And amazingly, the Honey Nut Cheerios box change did not save the bees. But according yeah. to Stats Canada's most recent report, there are 11,785 beekeepers in Canada, tending to over 746,000 colonies and producing $208 plus million worth of honey annually. Now, we'll put this in perspective. Canada is only the globe's 12th largest producer of honey. So if you're wondering if these bee deaths just mean that honey might be a bit harder to come by, which, by the way, would make me upset, it's actually a bit more complicated than that. Yes, because I know you're a farmer, Brett, but the agricultural industry at large could take a huge hit from the loss of bees. Beekeepers don't just produce honey. They also supply their bees to growers to act as pollinators for crops, whether it's crops on my front lawn, but more likely crops that are actually worth a lot. Jay, we're, we're farming podcasts every day and, and we're watering that crop every single morning for the peak pals out there. Now, substantial bee deaths impact farmers of orchard fruits, berries, various vegetables, livestock feed, and canola seeds as they rely on pollination from bees and rent honeybees from beekeepers. And farmers, they're already facing challenges like berry growers recovering from last year's drought or canola growers dealing with surging fertilizer prices. Okay, so Jay, it sounds like these bees really do matter and this is actually a very big deal. Brett, it is a big deal and they do really matter. The total annual economic contribution of honeybees through pollination is estimated to be as much as $5.5 billion per year as of 2017. So it's certainly gone up, if not for just beeflation. If there are fewer bees to pollinate, that could mean smaller yields and the sting of somehow even higher food prices. How many bee references can we throw into that? A lot, a lot, a lot. We could even throw in a B-movie reference if you want, but we won't. We'll get on to the next story. And for our final story, Brett, did you think we're just going to like have a chill start to the week? Twitter has accepted Elon Musk's bid to take over the company for $45.5 billion, which closes out days of discussion between Musk and the company's board after the billionaire presented a best and final offer a few days ago. Brett, let's break this down for the Peak Pals. Well, this is a big story. It's actually, in my opinion, the most exciting business story of the year so far. And so here's what's happening. Twitter shareholders will receive $54.20 per share in cash. That's a 38% premium to the company's stock price before Musk disclosed a 9.2% stake in the company, but only 5% higher than an increase to $51.80, which is where it was at when news of the agreement broke. In the news release announcing the deal, Musk speaks to softening Twitter stance on content moderation in the pursuit of free speech and new features such as making algorithms open source, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating users. 
Yeah, and this deal will give the world's richest man control over the influential social media network where he is among its most powerful users. What could possibly go wrong, Brett? But he's not doing it alone. Musk will use $25.5 billion borrowed from a dozen banks led by Morgan Stanley and tap into his own capital for the remainder of the purchase price. This is according to the Global Mail. Also, RBC and CIBC, so there's a Canadian angle here, will contribute a combined $1.15 billion U.S. to the loans. Nice that everyone's getting in the mix there. Yeah. By the way, it's it's pretty incredible this is actually happening. When Musk first presented this offer, most people thought it was a joke. Uh, and the fact that he's actually following through on it is, is, is pretty interesting. And here is why you should care. So the takeover will mark one of the biggest acquisitions in tech history and will likely have global repercussions for years to come related to how billions of people use social media. Okay, so Jay, what's next for Elon and Twitter? Am I going to wake up tomorrow and see myself scrolling through True Social? <laughs> Probably not. Hopefully not. Brett, all we really have to go on is Elon Musk's tweets. And the latest from Musk this week indicate that their first order of business will be to defeat the spam bots or die trying, authenticate all real humans, and something I really like, just add that edit button. I mean, seriously. All right. Peak Bells, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second one, I'd follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, one of the changes I hope we don't see is I do want to keep following Elon Musk's private jet. But if I were him, I'd take that down. But it would really be a bad precedent. Someone suggested, Brett, uh, as we wrap this up, that Elon Musk was actually buying Twitter to take down that Twitter handle to follow his jets. <laughs> that would really be something. Instead of $5,000, it's costing him $45 billion. If you just doubled the amount, the kid probably would have accepted it. $5,000, just too, too much of a low ball. <laughs> have a good day, Brett. 